You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Yes, welcome to the penis episode of Movie Sucktastic. That's right. If, if, if the title's scaring you, it should. Yeah, uh, totally. Absolutely. So, how do we want to start this episode? We want... I want to start with an ex- explanation of the title, Penis Episode. Okay. Give, uh, it, give, it, it, give uh, it to me, Scott. Our, faith, our faithful listeners will both remember... Put it in me, Scott. <laughs> Uh, all of our faithful listeners will know that a couple of episodes ago we did a uh, movie challenge. Yes, uh, we did. Was the Women in Love. Yeah, Ken Russell's 1969 uh, classic. You would definitely say it was a classic. It, it, Personally, I didn't like it, but it doesn't mean... The it, British Film Institute listed list it as one of the top... Uh, one of the top British films ever made, one of the best British right. films ever. Made. But one of the things this film is famous for, which we touch about, Sean, in the uh, the We're challenge. Do a lot of touching this episode. Yes, long, <laughs> easy stroking touching. <laughs> is that Women in Love was one of the first films, one of the first mainstream theatrical releases to have full frontal male nudity. Yes, uh, and in it we get to see Oliver Reed and Alan Bates wrestle naked in yes. front of a roaring fire. Yeah. And this, for your average male viewer, average, this is uh, unsettling. Very much so. But it got me to thinking. And so one night I emailed Joey. I said, Joey. It got him to think about penis. I said, Joey, we're going to talk about penises next episode. Start making a list. And And, and I furiously started writing. And to my amazement, I have a lot of movies (laughs) that I've seen. (laughs) So the whole idea here is basically just going back into Psyche and thinking... Of all the films we've seen in the past that we actually saw the actor's penis. Right. Because a a lot of attention is paid to boobies. Very much so. There's always the Halle Halle Berry got paid this much to show her breasts and this and that. But when you look back, there there are certain actors who have dared to display the full Monty. Mm -hmm. And it it needs to be taken notice of. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to take a nice hard look at it. (laughs) Very, Very much so. Yes. So, before we do that, though, we should do what we always do, the top ten. And this is going to be the top ten for January 29th, 30th, and 31st. The end of the year. The end of the year. End of the month. End of the... Beginning of the year. End of the month. It's the beginning of the... It's the end of the month of the Pay beginning no of the year. Pay no mind to Scott. I, the, I, will, I will kick this off like I always do. It's the end of the month of the beginning of the year, obviously. There you go. So... In no surprise, Avatar is slated to be the number one movie again. No comment. This weekend. Uh, just very briefly, it's predicted to have made $29.5 million. It's very much closing in on the $600 million mark. 
for Titanic. And the last episode, we talked ad nauseum about inflation and ticket sales and all that. So we're not going to go into it again. Just Avatar's your number one movie. Moving on. <laughs> no, at number two, the Mel Gibson movie, Edge of Darkness. Oh, dude. Now Which, I'll tell you what. I do want to see this movie. Every time I see the trailer, G- I want to see it more. It's a January film. And again, I always am a little bit wary of that. But in this case... Now, if you'll remember, though... I don't care so much. If you'll remember, a year ago today, we were having the exact same discussion right. because Taken was premiering on the last weekend. It was at the 29th of January. And we were this both saying, saying, I don't know, it's supposed to be bad, but the trailer looks so good. Right. And Taken... And this Taken film... was awesome. And this film, which looks like a remake of Taken, to right. an extent... Yes. Except he's, he's avenging and not saving... Correct. It's like the exact same thing. Well, the thing about Taken, though, very briefly, was that was actually released a year, I believe it was almost a year, or a year earlier. Than it was supposed to? Well, everywhere but here. Like, oh yeah. You know, that was actually on the internet. If you wanted to buy like a multi-region disc of it, like say a region 2, a region 3, whatever region... You, uh, it where was available. It would, you could have ordered, as long as you had a multi-region DVD player, you could have bought a copy of this while it was still in theaters. Right. So, it being released January here was, it. we say every once in a while, they'll release a film in January that should have never been released in January. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, we really don't have room for it anywhere else. We're just going to release it this month because we have that weekend. And I believe, I think Edge of Nar- Edge of Darkness is probably going to be one of those films. Now, the, the I scene- think it's, I just think it's ironic that yeah, no, two, two very films, much so. very similar storylines, open the exact same weekend, and we're having the exact same conversation. Right. Like, technically, it's bad because it's in January, but this, it looks like they're just edging it out because this looks like it's damn yeah, good. Now that's slated to make uh, seventeen point eight million uh, this weekend. So I mean, it's. Well behind number one, according to Avatar, a lot of people were thinking, "Oh, the Ed- Edge of Darkness is going to completely overtake Avatar. It's going to be the first movie to do it. Avatar's number one every weekend." I can tell you right now, my prediction for that, the movie that will dethrone Avatar, yes. is going to be The Wolfman. They re-release that trailer. Now, don't make the face. Oh. We're, you know that face is for the original trailer, the boring trailer that puts you to sleep but they've redone that trailer so well but that's always a warning sign when you can when you have a film and Not, there's two trailers and one trailer is this is the serious trailer and this is the action trailer well that's a warning for us but your average moviegoer okay yeah. probably hasn't even seen that original trailer yeah i'll give you that and if they did they see the second one, they don't think like we do. They don't think, oh, well, that one is just a note of how bad it's going to be. And then this trailer is, oh, they fixed it up. That's what we think because that's what we know. Yeah, that original We've tra- done this a long time. That original trailer, I think, played in the beginning of Paranormal Activity. So I, I know no one saw yeah, that. Yeah, so I saw the second trailer and I'm there. I'm with my hand on my head going, wow, they really did, redid this trailer. And I've seen the original, so I kind of know what it's going to be. But this second trailer, even though I know what it's going to be, I'm thinking to myself, you know, might not be so bad. And I know it's probably not going to be that good. So that's I, I'm already telling you right now that Avatar will be knocked out of the number one spot. It may be a week or two sooner, but I doubt it. But it will be by The Wolfman. The Wolfman will have... I don't want to say it's going to have like a $75, $80 million weekend. It could very well may have that kind of a weekend. But realistically, it'll probably be $40, 50000000 But it'll be enough that Avatar won't be the number one film. 
That's mm-hmm. just my feeling about it. Now, as far as Edge of Darkness goes, we're talking about how we keep seeing the trailer and we're just like, yeah. I want to see that. The one scene in the trailer that makes me do that, where I was like, I have to see this, is where the one guy is almost begging for his life and he goes, but I have a family. And Mel Gibson, very cold and stares at him, goes, I don't. <laughs> it's like, yeah! It's like, I have to see it. I have to see it. He's like, I don't. And I also you like... Know? It's like, that alone is, okay, you got my money to see this movie now. I like where he tells the guy to take his glasses off, and then he's like, sir, can you please take, remove your glasses? And he punches him right in the face. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see him come back and do a dark action film without right. the goofiness, and, and, and I like the fact that he's doing like the, the, the Bronx, whatever accent, or like New York accent. Oh, right, yeah. I, I It might get a little annoying for the first ten minutes, because you're not used to the, that kind of accent with him, but I think it's be I think it'll be okay. I think it'll be okay. But do you think mm-hmm. maybe this film was pushed to a January because of all the, um, the negative... No. Stuff with Gibson over the last few years? No, because it didn't hurt Apocalypto. Yeah, but that was his movie. He directed mm. it. He produced it. This is somebody else's it was, stuff. But they still could have rejected him by not seeing the film. It was a it was a Mel Gibson film. His name was above Apocalypto. No, I know. And It, it wasn't like he was it, just it, behind it, it the did, scenes. It did well for a movie. It did a lot. Completely in the Mayan dialect with nothing but subtitles. For a subtitle film, it did a lot better than it should have done. Right. But the thing is, if all of that negative you know, flack about him... it realistically, in my opinion, coming off of, you know, the success of Passion of the Christ and whatnot, if none of that came out, not that I'm saying it would have done double its money, but it would have done a lot better. We've had this discussion before, and I do not believe, Hollywood believes that people will not see a film because the person's on, they pulled this with Tom Cruise, and I firmly believe, they said, okay, we're going to stop making the films because he, oh, he made a fool out of himself on Oprah, and then what was the last film he did that didn't do well? Was it, uh... Well, Mission Impossible mo- Three and uh, Mission Impossible Three. His last two mo- films didn't right do that well. Right after he jumped on the couch and all that stuff, and uh, I love yeah. Katie and all that was War of the Worlds and didn't do that. And well. he started to go a little bit crazy with the, um, the uh, Scientology, Scientology stuff. stuff and whatnot. And Spielberg actually came out and said, "You know what? I really wish you kept your mouth shut because it only War of the Worlds only did around two, uh, it did over, but very in the low two hundred million, right." For- they were expecting that to be a three, four hundred million dollar film, right? And Spielberg just basically said it would have been if Tom Cruise just kept his mouth shut. I think Spielberg is an asshole, and he's wrong. People, um, no, no, no. Now, see, this is where we. I don't know if we disagree with this. I've said this before. I, they, they and then they, I'm not disagreeing. Spielberg's an asshole. No, <laughs> I'm no, just but, dis- disagreeing that. But they blamed that, and then they blamed Mission Impossible Three, and they said, "Well, people don't want to watch Tom Cruise films anymore because it's a pilot." No one I know. Right. And American audiences in general does not boycott films because they don't like the actors' politics. It doesn't happen. They didn't go see War of the Worlds because no one wanted to see a sequel of that movie, a remake of that movie. And, and people were out of that kind of loop. No one went to see Mission I, Impossible 3 because it was a sequel. And sequels progressively do worse and in my with opinion, very few it exceptions. And it was best of the three films. It, had, it, had better, it was better than two. I didn't like two at all. I like two to an extent. I really didn't like two. But in my opinion, I thought the third Mission Impossible... Had the best bad guy. Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Love him. But, but I, told I you... thought it was the best of the three films, and I thought it was a precursor to what J.J. Abrams could actually do, given a good script and a good budget. And, was, and when I saw Mission Impossible 3, and then I found out he was doing Star Trek, I was like, all right, we're good. And a lot of people were still like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Me, in my head, J.J. Abrams, he's got it. He'll make a great film. And you know what? Star Trek was awesome. But what I'm saying is, 
I totally reject the concept that American audiences right. actually have some sort of um, perseverance when it comes to personal opinion. They don't. When it comes to films and stuff, they'll bitch and whine okay. and say, "Oh, Mel Gibson's a Jewish guy hater or anti-Semite," and these and oh, Tom Cruise is crazy. But then if the, if there's a flashy film with explosions, they'll go see it if they want to. They don't give a shit. Maybe, the, but you the, know what? It the might... percentage of the population that would actually boycott an action film because they don't like the the actors, mean the the thing. I, I don't know. It's very I small. Mean, I I just think, I just think if you don't like someone. You may avoid seeing it, and then once it gets past the first or second weekend, if you haven't seen it by then, you will just not mm. see it. And I think that's why a lot of big budget films trail off in their second and third weekend so much, because people at that point said, "Well, if I haven't seen it now, eh, I'll just wait. It'll be on DVD in three." No, or I, four I think I think the opening that's, weekend is a bigger d- determination whether people go see it or not. Correct. Then War of the Worlds made seventy million in that range its opening weekend, and then it trailed off. So you had all your diehard sci-fi guys going to see it, and then anybody else just didn't bother. But, but then Still word, made two hundred million, and word of mouth was that was okay, right? There was nothing. Spe- I, that's all I'm saying is right. that I don't. No one's gonna, if, if people don't go out to see this film, it's not because Mel Gibbs is an anti-Semite. It's because they weren't into the idea of that film. Fine. That's it. Okay, I, that's I, all I'm saying. I, I do agree with that a little bit. Otherwise, otherwise I, I there would have been there would have been a massive boycott of Apocalypto. No one would have gone to see it. That would have been the end because he made the film. It was his film. It was Mel Gibson's. It was everybody talked about it. It's like all the trailers. Mel Gibson's Apocalypto. That was the, that was it. Right. Okay. All right. If you're gonna if you're gonna strike a blow to a guy, it's the film he's releasing like two months after. Yeah, he it was Sugar Tits or whatever he called the cop. It was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So that's, okay. that's that's my stand on that. All right. So all right. Then is when in Rome is the number three film. Supposedly coming in at $11.6 million. Now, When in Rome stars Kristen Bell, who was in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. She played Sarah Marshall. And then she was also in Couples Retreat. And then she had her own TV show, which I cannot remember the name of. But it was, the name of the show was Her Name. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, it, again, this is a January release. This movie, in my opinion, looks terrible. Well, and what's the, the actor, uh, the lead guy, uh, John uh, Duhamel, 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 Duhamel. Something, he, yeah. He's, he's, he's the head military guy from the Transformers films. I know I recognize him somewhere. That's right. Yeah, that's he's, right. He's the lead oh, yeah, guy. that's right. I remember him. I, I, I like. He's okay. You he's know. all right. Uh, he's a leading man in this, though. See, when I, saw, and, when I saw the first trailer, I glimpsed it. I was like, is that that guy from Talk Soup? Talks like he looked like one of those like Joe Joel McHale you mean some, some or the older no no the, the guy who did it before or something like that I, are, he looked like are, some, are you thinking of Greg Kinnear something like Greg Kinnear he, he looked like a Greg Kinnear one of the Greg Kinnear clones that are out or okay or what you know what's his name from the the uh, the ball drop the New Year's Eve thing the guy that did the announcing the Seacrest. Oh, at a glance, you kind of—I thought I was like, is that yeah, no, I, 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 or I, one of those generic like faces. When you said ball drop, I'm like, what fucking movie was that? Well, what, this is the penis episode, <laughs> so I have to refer to New Year's Eve as the ball drop. We haven't gotten to the penises yet. No, so. but I'm, I'm warming up. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, it looks like it's going to be a terrible film. Uh, I know I'm not going to see it. So my wife has already asked me. See, I, I actually Went told her, Rome. I yeah. said today we were going to record, and she said, uh, oh, okay. So she went out, we're alone, 
so we can have like nice quiet to record. And I said, well, you know, if Scott's going to be around, if you want to go see a film, and her eyes lit up. And before she said anything, I said, it was not an invitation to go see uh, When in Rome. <laughs> and I think I crushed her a little bit. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Anything but When in Rome, please. No. So uh, that is the number three film for that weekend. Now, the number four film is The Tooth Fairy. We talked about that in the last podcast. Really nothing new to mention. That's the one with The Rock and uh, Billy Crystal is in that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, the memory dust. Yeah. Uh, you know. Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal is in that one. Yes, yes he, is. he is. You know, for some reason, I thought maybe Christopher Walken was in that. That's and crazy that, talk. And then I, looked <laughs> re- then I looked real quick and I was like, no, that's Billy Crystal. That's cr- you'd have, you'd have to be Doing some, his best Miracle Max impersonation. You'd so. have to be some kind of demented idiot to think that was Miss Christopher Walken in that trailer. That's right. So that is, <laughs> that is the number A damn four. fool that you'd have to be. That is a number four movie. Number five movie is The Book of Eli, which, again, we did talk about in the last episode. Yes. That, you know what? Want to see it. It's a pretty pretty static uh, couple weeks as far as box office numbers. The only two new films in the list are Edge of Darkness and When in Rome. Right. Otherwise, you can literally take the last top ten that we did, and it's the exact same one. Legion, Lonely Bones. Yeah, they're all back in here. Sherlock Holmes that, is still in there, thankfully. That leads me to the number six film, which is Legion. I'm uh, sorry, I jumped ahead of you. Only a little bit. So, you know, that's... Uh, How that's much has Legion it. made so far? Legion? Yeah. Um, 28 million. Somewhere in that. Yeah, 28 million. Book total? of Eli, total. Yeah, Book Good. of Eli was in at 8 million. And The Tooth Fairy was in at 9.6 million. And uh, The Tooth Fairy has made 25 million total. Book of Eli, 73. Now, if it was Legion instead of Legion, I w- I'd go see it. <laughs> It'd be a totally different. Like, it's just like, they all have sores. What's happening? <laughs> so yeah, now twenty eight million for that. Now it only costs twenty six. Right. So it's well ahead of where it should be. So now I hear. I mean, with the four market. No, no. It's well yeah, ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't want to. Uh, and the number seven film is the Lovely Bones. Peter Jackson. Right. Yes. Uh, I still have to see it. You never know. There might be that Peter Jackson magic that only say you or I or any fan of his earlier dead. work. The magic's we'll, dead. We'll see. Maybe like a Heavenly Creatures type feel to it. I'll just watch. Don't me- know. I'll just watch Meet the Feebles again. Or Heavenly Creatures. I mean, if you want this kind of. I, I, I don't. don't I, I don't. want Meet the Feebles. <laughs> <laughs> I want a walrus, walrus screwing a cat on an office desk. <laughs> oh, I was just about to toss my cookies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's estimated to make 4.1 million. Best, best line from that film? Mmm, carrots. <laughs> And that only works in context. But I'm not telling you what it is. You should see it. Just see it. Scar for life, but you should see it. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure when I bought my copy, it was at Best Buy for $4. Yeah, yeah, it's on Netflix. Um, so $37 million total for that. Post, in, in post-production for over two years. Finally settled on a December limited release. So it's even though it went wide in January, it's not considered a January film. Mm-hmm. So they were pushing, obviously, for Oscar. Uh, for it, but here's the thing: thirty-seven million dollars is what it's made. It cost a hundred million dollars to make. Right, I guarantee. And it's because of all the CGI and everything. Yeah, in there. that heaven CGI nonsense, which is not. Plus needed. the fact that it was in post-production, the budget probably jumped up even more because of that too. And because usually when you take the budget total, you usually add, you know, print and advertising and all that. Right. I have a feeling that. I have a feeling that the $100 million budget might be included with Prince and Advertising. I'm not sure. 
But it just because I really haven't seen a lot of commercials for it, posters, trailer. I really haven't seen anything pushed for it. So I really don't think that they've spent a lot for print and advertising. So I think the hundred million dollars is kind of for everything. Having not seen it yet, I get the feeling from the trailer that mm-hmm. it's the same old story, uh, and the same problem I had with the Panic Room. Okay, is that it's the same old story of Hollywood taking a small idea and making it bigger than it needs to be, adding more special effects, more budget than it needs. Yeah. I more, can see that. More high tech camera gadgetry when the same film could have been made on a shoestring budget for like thirty million, which right. ironically is a shoestring budget now, and still done effectively because it's not the you're not going to see the camera, you're going to see the story and the characters. Right. And that's what it feels it feels like Peter Jackson's trying to get out of that epic mode. Right. But he's still in the ooh, I can get this much money, so let me use that mode. Uh, which apparently Cam- Cameron is, is fucking stuck on. Yeah. So that brings us to the number eight film, which is Sherlock Holmes. Go see with, it. Yeah, three point nine million. It's made one hundred ninety six. It's guaranteed to cross over the two hundred million. Guaranteed to have a nice sequel. You know, the and, way they end that one really gears you up for a second film. Anybody, I had talked to people who were worried about this. The steampunk aspect of the film is nowhere near Wild Wild West. Region. Oh yeah, no, no. There's no. a couple of. There's a little bit of gadgety because it was the age of invention. There's a lot of new stuff coming out, right? But it doesn't go crazy. There's nothing impossible. It's all within the realm of possibility. Absolutely. It's it's all no, very. I never, I never watched when I saw the film. I never sat there and thought to myself, "Wow, that come on, that looks dumb," or you know, that doesn't really look like that could be invented. It just everything looked appropriate. You know the difference is it's the difference between the Prestige, right. and the Illusionist, right? Both roughly the same kind of film. Not quite. Well, they're both the same idea. They're both about magicians. Right. In the Prestige, all of the tricks that are done are real. Are real. Like they could be actually be done. It's all realistic. We're in the Illusionist. Every single thing that is done is like okay. That's CGI, and there's no way you could even come close to that in real life. Right. Especially in that time period. Right. So it's the same thing with Sherlock Holmes. It's like okay, there's there's wacky stuff in here, but it all is based in reality. Right. So it's don't it worry. Never, it never really feels so faux. That you just yeah, you, know, so, you so just kind of discard it. If, if that's holding you back, don't worry; it's not that bad. Oh yeah, no, yeah. definitely, definitely see it. Uh, the number nine film is Alvin and the Chipmunks. Also, the less st- steampunk in the sequel than I expected from Alvin and Chipmunks. Yeah, okay. a lot less steampunk than the original. Mm-hmm. That is slated to make three point seven million total, two hundred and eight million dollars. So expect Alvin and the Chipmunks three, the threequel. I would imagine. Right. In 3D. Yes. I, I'm calling it right now. Alvin and the Chipmunks 3, 3 will be in 3D. Right. I guarantee it. Okay. Lastly, the number 10 film is It's Complicated. Which and also steampunk, believe it or not, Alec Baldwin, mm-hmm. steam-driven android. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. The, the, it's and did all those, they put each hair in by hand? I don't know about that. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't watch the extras on the DVDs. 3.4 million, making uh, 103 million total right now. Cost eighty five million though, so I think that's a lot of money for a romantic comedy, in it's my a, opinion. It's like a chick they, they, they had a, to pay everybody that they're thinking is going to get an Oscar nomination big bucks to be in the film. Yeah, it's like a chick flick, but it's like the the married middle aged chick flick. Yeah, or even the the approaching elderly chick flick. Right, and and it's probably one of the biggest reasons why it's done so well money wise. Oh yeah, so no, and I'm not saying it's a bad film. No, I haven't uh, seen it. I can't tell you. I mean. The trailer right. doesn't disgust me or anything. No, Steve Martin's in it, so, so it can't some, be that some bad. of the some of the parts of the of the trailer actually make me chuckle. So, in turn, I probably won't hate the film. Yeah. So, all right, let's well, move on. If Steve Martin's in it and it's not pennies from heaven, it's 
you know, it's got a chance of being good. Okay. So let's move on to the finger list. Okay. <laughs> so, of the top ten, what film would you rather cut your pinky finger off than to go see? Ah. Uh, I may have this. Oh, you first. You first. You first. I'm always first. Yes, you are. All right. Because it's not an easy list for me. I, my choice last time was the Alvin and the Chipmunks film, uh-huh. the Squeakquel. I think I would rather see that and cut my finger off than to go see When in Rome. I think we have a tie this episode because I agree. <laughs> it's either that or say Avatar again. <laughs> and I you can't, can't say Avatar every time. That's why it'll get redundant. And that's why I'm thinking uh, between the two of them. Well, maybe I could suffer through Avatar, but when in Rome, because the problem is when in Rome too. The, the guy from Transformers Two is in it. I right. really only know him as, as the Marine from Transformers Two. Right. So all I'm going to think throughout it is, dude, shouldn't you be shooting something? <laughs> shouldn't that annoying kid that's that's now in Wall Street too, like I'm running up and need your help? I mean, right. Oh, you mean Shia LaBeouf? Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank God, I see, he's in another film. I. I I, I don't know what I would have done if there was a, a, a quarter, a season that didn't have a film with him starring in it. Well, you know what's going to end up happening? He's going to go the route of becoming so famous that he'll either do one of two things. He'll just star in everything they give him because he's the hot actor you know, in everything. Or he can be, he can be as nonchalant as Brad Pitt and just do like one major movie a year. And kind of extend his career. Because, you know, you take a look at someone like Brad Pitt. As many people may not like him. He does good work. He is a good actor. Who doesn't like Brad Pitt? There are plenty of people that don't like Brad Pitt. But anyway, he does one major film a year, it seems. And he kind of picks his scripts. You know, he you know wants to work with certain directors. Usually takes pay cuts to do that. You know, and he'll do one major film a year. And then you'll get him in a film like Inglorious Bastards, which is amazing. You right. know, great film. Amazing film. If you haven't seen that yet, definitely see it. The Academy Awards will snub Quentin Tarantino again. It will get nominated for Best Picture, but it will not win. You, you really think it'll get nominated for Best Picture? Yes, I do. Just like I predict, I'm predicting that Avatar will be nominated for Best Picture. I'm saying it better The not. Blind Side will be nominated for Best Picture. And Inglorious Bastard. Bastards will be guaranteed to be nominated for Best Picture, and it will lose to something lesser, like Forrest Gump, when Pulp Fiction didn't win, and this year, God forbid, right. Avatar. Well, that was for Best Screenplay, though, wasn't it? Forrest Pulp Gump won. Pulp Fiction did did win Best Original Screenplay. Right, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, but Forrest Gump did win Best Picture, which, you know... And that year, Samuel L. Jackson lost to uh, Martin... Uh, Martin Landau for, for Ed, Wood, Ed Wood. Which, you know what? He deserved it. I... Gotta, you gotta love Martin. Landau. I, I defended that too because, like, yeah, I like Samuel L. Jackson too, but Martin Lando nailed Bella Lugosi. Yes, definitely. So, but you know, you look back very briefly. I'll mention this. You look back, and I know I've mentioned this before, and I can't express enough that you look back at films like, say, Forrest Gump versus Pulp Fiction in '94 for Best Picture, and you look back now and you look at Forrest Gump, and Forrest Gump may be a good film, but then you look at Pulp Fiction, and it's you just compare the two. And Pulp Fiction is just on another level as far as how good of a film it is. Pulp Fiction's on a level of, here's screenwriting and craft, and, Pul- right. and Forrest Gump is on a level of, look how much money we have to spend on special effects. Exactly. What does that remind me of? <laughs> and, again, hoping Avatar doesn't win Best Picture because of that. But you never know. People are starstruck sometimes. I, I think Cameron... Their vote goes to where it shouldn't be. So They want to make the next big blockbuster? Yeah. 
Cameron and Spielberg should team up and do Paranormal Avatar. <laughs> and you can get Michael Douglas in it as a gecko, uh-huh. and he's now a day trader at home, mm-hmm. and his girlfriend's being haunted by these tall blue creatures who live in the attic. Oh. Okay. I wouldn't. I won't see that. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's box office gold, sir. Uh-huh. And it'll be an eight hundred million dollar production yes. instead of four hundred because you, you got Ca- you got Cameron and Spielberg doing it. And you do it as a double bill with Lesion too, the the, the itching. <laughs> but you know, like I just mentioned about the Force Gump Pulp Fiction thing, another year that that happened because it doesn't happen. In my opinion, it doesn't happen so strongly. It's only the times that it does that I remember. Like Forrest Gump over Pulp Fiction, completely wrong. You look at Pulp, uh, Forrest Gump now, it, the special effects are completely dated. The jokes that connect to the special effects are completely dated and look silly. You know, just that John Lennon scene alone where his mouth is just animated. It just looks terrible. Yeah. Another year is 1996 where The English Patient, oh. which was just long, dry, boring. You mean British. <laughs> One over Fargo. Right. Because I just grabbed my Blu-ray copy of Fargo. It was given to me for an anniversary gift, and I sat down and I watched it, and I'm like, how the hell did this not win Best Picture? You know why? Because, here here you go. Why didn't Sixth Sense get Best uh, Picture? Because they can't give an Oscar to a, a horror film. Why didn't Fargo get Best Picture? Because you can't give an Oscar to a film that has a guy being fed into a wood chipper. <laughs> Why isn't why isn't Inglorious Bastards going to get Best Picture? Because it's not historically correct. Because well, no. Because I think that's a big reason. No, no. <laughs> now, to be honest, I could care less. It's a phenomenal movie, right. but because the Academy loves period pieces, so you're saying that. So it w- if it's not historically correct, they're going to look past it. Yeah, because Gladiator was so historically correct. They, Braveheart. You know what? Let me tell you something. Because Braveheart was but, so historically correct. But here's the thing. Because Schindler's List was so historically correct. But here's the thing with those. Those don't come so apparent as how unhistorically correct and glorious bastards were. You'd have to actually do some digging, do some homework and research. Or have some knowledge of history. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To really go, you know what, Braveheart, holy crap, that really was not historically correct. Or or go see the Doug. (laughs) <laughs> and he, hey, he, you can hear him in the seat behind you. That's not right. That's not right. That at didn't all. happen then. No, no, nope. <laughs> and that wasn't even in that time period. But that when you watch Inglorious Bastards, because the World War II era, you know, is so known, you know, the Hitler Channel, or I should say, the History Channel. All right, you know what? You know, it, it's just, it's so apparent that it's not historically correct, sir. Sir, it's not those th- other films. You got to really do your homework or know about history. Whereas this, you really don't. You just have to turn on the History Channel, or no, no, I have to disagree. I think you could watch the ending of *Inglorious Bastards*, yeah. and even without cable and watching the History Channel, you know it didn't end that way. Well, yes, <laughs> but that's what I'm getting at. Whereas the other <laughs> films, you, you don't need any you a middle school knowledge of history, and you'll know this isn't historically correct. I'll give you that, and and that's what I'm saying about the other films. You don't. Right off the bat, most people won't really know that it's not. You genre, have to, you have to do your homework. Genre films mm-hmm. do not win Oscars, typically, with very few exceptions. Silence of the Lambs is an exception. Very big one, yeah. Yes, and, that's, and that just shows how much shit was out that year that they had to just bend over. And that and was say, a film released in February 
that was months and months and months before you know the fall and winter season right. where they released their Oscar Which films. Which shows what bad, how bad that year was movie wise. Yeah. So that's genre films don't get Oscars. Bio, biographies get Oscars. Period pieces. Period pieces get Oscars. Historical pieces get Oscars. Yes. And occasionally your 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 big budget life affirming Forrest Gump type nonsense gets Oscars. And that's why a film like The Road will probably be nominated, but will be at the very bottom of the list for winning because it's a genre film. Correct. Right. And so, it's depressing as hell. Uh, <laughs> I'm dying. I read the book. I'm dying to watch it. I'm going to catch it. It's the feel bad movie of the year. Oh. <laughs> See, that's, that's why I like Last House on the Left, the original one. But yeah, oh yeah, because that's a feel bad movie. That's, yeah, like, I still don't like there's it. No but sun- I know where you're going with that. There are so. no rose colored glasses at the end of that trip. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, 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 no. So okay, we're done with the top ten. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna grease up for our our penis penis list. special. It's gonna be special, all right. Oh yeah. All right, we'll be right back. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. back that was a good rest i like that one definitely gotta gotta rest well for this i think i feel spent you're rubbing against uh my pole there <laughs> oh i'm sorry joey <laughs> no it's my the basement support pole stop rubbing yeah, against it it supports Seriously. it supports all right <laughs> anyway your pole supports me yes it does you like that? Yes. Get ready for an hour of phallic <laughs> humor, sir. So, People. how do we want to start this list? For, I mean, let's start I, off a warning to the audience. Audience, in the next hour, half hour to hour, the word "penis" is going to be thrown around a lot. Okay. It's be thrown around. So let's let's get all the giggles out now. Penis, 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 penis. <laughs> Dick schlong rod. Ah. Do you want to do uh, the first time you ever saw one in a film? Sure, I can. Right, you, you, that, that's well. I mean, we we get a background of this. Okay. Uh, I mean, like I mentioned before, 
right. we have a challenge coming up for women in love, and yes, we do. And there's such a prolonged scene of full frontal nudity, of male nudity that, it, and also the previous challenge had been the mm-hmm. uh, um, Heaven's Gate, right? Which had a lot of full frontal female nudity. Yes, it did. So it was kind of like a, a it kind of went back and forth, and so. We all know that there's like tons of female nudity these days, but male full frontal is really not as common as as uh, some would like, I guess. Um, <laughs> not I. Uh, you'll definitely see. You know, it's, it's it's like it's like about as rare as seeing uh, about as rare as seeing gay kissing on a Super Bowl commercial. You know, anybody following the news? Mm-hmm. I'll let that go. Mancrunch.com. Gay dating. Go there. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing plugs for gay gay, gay dating. That's right. Uh huh. I mean, you remember the first time you saw gay porn, right? No. <laughs> Still yeah, 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 me neither. <laughs> I was kidding. Um, so, but when a, when, a, when, a, when a heterosexual male who's not afraid of their uh, masculinity and manhood, who are right. firm in their sexuality, see a film like this, it gets them to thinking, how much cock have I seen? <laughs> exactly on the big screen, on film, not you know, on mainstream film, not second run, not right. not softcore, not the occasional gay porn you watch just to affirm that you are heterosexual. Just <laughs> just your straight. Because every guy does that, right? No. Yeah, I was just kidding. Um, <laughs> so I, I emailed Joey. Said I think we should do a penis list, uh, you know. And uh, surprisingly, he agreed. Yes, I did. Because uh, I thought it was going to be a nice, good, big episode. <laughs> so, do you want me to start, or you want to start? Uh, after you, because you, you, I'll let you roll the ball. Okay. First movie. That you, this is that, the, this first one you ever saw. Ever, ever, ever saw. Okay. Okay. I was, I was nine years old, and it was 1985's To Live and Die in L.A. Richard Chance is a federal agent who will cross the line if he has to. I want my paper, Jeff. I told you I don't have it. Get it. Rick Masters is a counterfeiter who killed Chance's partner. When do I get delivery? How about Friday night? If I don't hear from you by Friday, I'm coming back to get this. It's understandable. director of the French Connection is back on the street again to live and die in L.A. Oh, okay. Okay, and that was... I've never gotten around to seeing that. You never saw that? No, so you have to do a little capsule for me here. Wow, okay. Basically, this one stars William Peterson and is directed by uh, William Friedkin. Now... The scene that you see his penis in is actually about halfway through the movie, and it's with the lead, uh, uh, the lead female love interest to him. This is kind of like his CI, you know, his informant. And not only do you see his penis, but it is almost entirely erect. Really? It is a silhouette scene, 
you know, but it does have plenty of color in it. So it's not completely silhouetted. If you cha- if you raise the brightness on your TV like I didn't, <laughs> you will see an almost fully engorged penis. Uh-huh. And that's the first time I ever saw it. This also stars Willem Dafoe as the bad guy, who basically is a counterfeiter. And William Peterson is essentially, he's after him because Willem Dafoe kills one of William Peterson's best friends, who is also a, a cop, like Peterson, and he's basically, as Willem Dafoe just basically says, in the wrong place at the wrong fucking time. Right. So he basically, this guy is ready for retirement. And he basically gets a lead about where this uh, counterfeiting uh, fa- warehouse is that Willem, uh, Willem Dafoe is using to make this money. So it's basically the storyline is Peterson going after Willem Dafoe's character. And... You know, his CI is a love interest of his. But as far as seeing William Peterson's penis, I was nine years old when this movie came out in 85. And that was the earliest time I ever saw anything. So not only did I see Full Frontal, but it was almost fully erect when I saw it. Hmm. But, excellent movie. Excellent film. I have to add that to my list. You should definitely add that to your list if you've never seen. You know, it. when I was younger, I didn't watch serious films. I did. I really watched a lot really? of comedy. And it's another. Younger. It's another. It makes the list of which I'm not going to mention because it gives away a major plot point in the film. But it makes another list about things that happen in a film that don't normally ever happen. Oh, okay. So now I have to see it. You definitely should see that's, it. That's a teaser. It definitely is. When you see it, you're like, oh, I was not expecting that. Uh-huh. So, and that does not happen often to me. It is a great film. It's a great film. Hmm. Well, my first um, exposure when to was your first time to to to, to, to the, the male genitalia, other than my own, <laughs> um, which at that period in my life probably wouldn't even be considered uh-huh. uh, that. Uh, that would have been the um, the film The Quiet Earth. Okay, a little sci-fi film. Yeah, uh, I never saw that. Very very high rated, but not really shown much. It's a British film, I believe. And it's about this uh, guy wakes up and he's the only right. person left on the earth. And Everyone's dead but him. Well, everybody's gone. Everyone's just Go- gone? Just gone. Oh. And eventually he finds a few other stragglers that are alive, too, and they eventually figure out what happened. And it's 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 one of those sci-fi films that borders so what is on... So he, he wakes up naked? Yes. The opening scene is, is him laying on a bed, overhead shot, and he's just nude. He's just really nude. <laughs> and and in that time period, I guess, like, it was like, this is like, you know, renting videos from the video store. Right. Oh, let's just rent that. Sure. And, you know, I, you know, I sat down, I'm a kid, I'm watching my, my parents, I'm not that young, but I'm young enough, and it's, uh, wow, yeah, there's a penis. What year did that come out? 85 as well? I don't know. I, I'm way behind on my uh, research on these. But it was just, at the time, it was really shocking, because as, right. as, as a kid, you know that, oh, they show breasts all the time on movies. Because I think it would be very ironic that that film came out in 85 like mine. That film came out in 85 like yours. Oh, my God. Yes. You know what? What what, what month did that come out? Oh, I don't know what month. It should say. I can it should actually. Me, it should, it should say at the very top. At the very top. At the very top. You want to make me look it up? Yes, I do. October. October of 1985. Now, I didn't see it until it was now, on video. hit your back button. So it was probably like 80, 87 that I saw it. And To Live and Die in L.A. came out when in 1985? 
1985. That but again, I didn't see it when it came out in the theater. But you didn't either. You didn't see that. No, 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 no. I saw it when it was on cable when right. I was a kid. Yeah. So you, we probably so. we probably we probably saw them roughly the same time period. That was November '85. Oh so you saw yours first, but mine didn't come out. But Ameri- that's right, we didn't well, see it. In I the think theater. mine did come out in American theaters, but I, uh, mine, definitely, limited. mine definitely. Did. Well, yours did, yeah. yeah. I, I think mine did as well. So now a close second to that for that's me. That's pretty ironic. No, it is. It is. <laughs> it's uh. And just so everyone out there that this was not planned, it was just it, we both did separate lists because I'm a fact guy. I know it came out in 1985, and for some reason it just clicked in my head that yours came out in 1985. And but a close second, which mm-hmm. I, the, in, in the same year, I also ended up seeing Nomads on cable with Pierce Brosnan, and I saw Pierce Brosnan's penis. Oh, really? Because I sh- saw I saw Nomads that year as well. I don't remember seeing. There's his a penis, shot of though. there's a shot of Pierce Brosnan laying on a bed for <laughs> exact same shot. <laughs> big old Pierce Brosnan. Well, I don't I don't big old. I don't remember how big it was. I haven't watched it in a while. But Pier- sure, I, I, he showed it on film. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was decent. And it was uh, there's. Um, Pierce du- penis. Double O penis right there. Double, out, out before he was double O. Before yeah. he was even considered but, for double O. But both films had the exact same shot. They were both like above the bed right. of them lying naked on a bed. Both together? No, that was that was years later. <laughs> and that was a John McTiernan film, Nomads. That's right. Yes. That was, uh, that was pre-Predator, pre-Die Hard, all that stuff. Right. So, ah, very interesting. So that, that that's that's the that's our beginning of uh, the penis. That's that's at the very tip. Yeah, that's when we first realized, yeah, the tip. That's the tip of the penis. Yes, just, that's just the tip of the penis. Yeah, we're working we're working our way down to the base. Yes, it's a very homoerotic episode, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it is. A... Hey, <laughs> so I mean, that's a good place to start. But I've, very good. After that, I don't have a timeline for other films I've seen. I don't really either. So just I just thought it'd be interesting to so whip one out. <laughs> Uh, how about uh, we covered this just recently in an earlier podcast? How about Jason Siegel and forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yeah, that, that's that was regrettable, very much so. And I think the penis count, which I still have in my book, three shots. I know. I think it was more than that. Four. Let's see. He Four. showed his penis three times in the first part of the film, and once at the end. I have it here. It's uh, four times. Yeah, You're three, right. Three, three in the beginning, one, one, one in the end. Yeah. Yeah, it got old after the first two times. Right, and it's it's, it's worse for me because it was a comedy and not mm-hmm. like a drama. Or as so, like in in like these these low or like these sci-fi films where it's moody and there's a lot of drama, it's serious, and they throw it in there. It's like okay, you know, it's part of the serious nature of it. But they show his penis in the beginning of that. It's like oh ah, I saw his cock, and then the second time it's like oh, I saw it again. And, and then it, the third time it's like they're not tired of this yet, are this, they? This is I am. This is not funny. Please stop showing me your penis. Yeah, you ever, you ever you ever have a guy like show you his like like humor as like like as a joke? No, I did once, and that's why I'm I'm not a big fan of working in the film industry. This wasn't that long ago, was it? Uh, it was no, it was a while ago. It was when I first started working in the film industry. It was like, one of the guys behind the scenes. Oh, I was like, hey, look at this! It's like what? Ah, it's like <laughs> hey, giggle, giggle. It's like what? How gay could that be? Was that Bujna? No, it no. was not. It was not oh, okay. No, we oh, don't talk just, about just, that. Just, just, <laughs> just checking. We were both stock boys at Woolworths, and and the, you know, downstairs when, right, when slow days. <laughs> I, be, I became a man that summer. Oh, I think Chris would beg to differ. <laughs> All right, well, I've got what? I don't, what, dude? Who, what, is it? what are you talking about, man? <laughs> don't, don't tell me it wasn't love, sir. <laughs> Can't so, quit you. 
Ironically, no 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 penis shots in uh, in that movie. Uh, no, because you know they probably just said uh, Ang Lee, fuck you. I don't think so. I don't think Ang Lee wanted to though. He was never that kind of director. They never did that in his other films. No, no. I still if, remember. I'm just saying, if he did, they probably would have declined. Ironically, uh, I, I think that out of all the films I have on my list, um, Women in Love is the only one that has any kind of homosexual overtones to it. Undertones yeah, no, to I'll it. I'll agree. Yeah. The rest of it's straight, just heterosexual films, but heter's penis. Um, uh, well, actually, that's not true. Not true? Not for me. It's Jay Davidson in The Crying Game. Okay, yeah. You know, I mean... Oh, you know what? You're right. I overlooked that one. Yeah. I mean, is that on your list? Yes, it is, actually. Yeah, yeah. so, no. Actually, uh, for, since you mentioned... Uh, since you mentioned... And uh, then maybe even Ewan McGregor and Velvet Goldmine, even though that was more underlying stuff, you know. Right. But... Since you mentioned Brokeback Mountain, I, I do have to mention that my publisher, uh, when he had seen the film... Right. He he, uh, he told... Uh, one of the... He, he, I love his... He, every now and then he brings out his dinner and he said, uh, you know, Scott, I don't know what's going on in that tent, but somebody lost. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe you're right, sir. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, so, um, uh, well, you mentioned it. Let's talk about The Crying Game. Take up my wallet. I want you to do something for me. I want you to find her out. Tell her I was thinking of her. Listen, there's something I should tell you. <laughs> Times calls the crying game ingenious and exceptionally well acted. You vanished quite effectively. You know her, Jimmy. Jimmy, is it? Leave her out of this. Are you gonna tell me what's wrong? No, not here. Yeah, um, did you, when you saw that, were you, were you aware of the secret of the crying game? Here's the funny thing. This is a funny story around this. At that time period, I was a projectionist at the Nutley Theater. Okay, in Franklin. Nut- in Franklin Theater in Nutley, yep. New Jersey. And I, I don't even know the name of the theater, and I worked there. How about that? But I worked like four theaters, though, so that's no, allowed. It's, it's understandable. Yeah, I worked at the Franklin Theater in Nutley, New Jersey, which, as I understand it, no longer exists as a movie theater, I believe. No, it's a bank now, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and the guy who ran it was a complete scumbag um, ass. Tell us how you really feel. No, fuck <laughs> yeah. I, hopefully he's in a jail somewhere now for, for scamming somebody. Probably, he yeah. Was, hopefully Disney caught on to him, like, showing their films on weekends and not giving them money for it. <laughs> yeah, you heard me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you phone numbers. Anybody, if Disney heard that, give me a call. We'll talk. <laughs> you can track them down. Anyway, anyway. We, we were showing Crying Game, so I'm running the projection booth on Crying Game. Okay. Now this wasn't a platter. This was two. This was a two reel system. Okay. You have two cameras 
and one's running, and then when the real change hits, you flip the switch, and it goes to the other camera. So I, when I was running the, the booth, I would see portions of films. Right. So yes, I, I would this. see the beginning of a film, then I would see like a five to ten minute section in the middle, okay. or two to three, five to ten se- sections in the middle, and then I would see the ending sometimes. Got it. I saw decent portions of Crying Game. I never saw that scene. Oh. So I, okay. would, t- I would talk to people about the Crying Game. And they would say, wow, did you, you've seen the crying game? And I would say, well, yeah, I've seen it. Say, did you know that, that, that girl was a guy? And I'd say, what, what, what? what guy? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, you've seen it, right? And I, I looked like an idiot. He's <laughs> like, well, yeah, I've seen most of it. I like, the, the guy. He's like, I don't know what you're talking you know, about. It's the, the major. The, the crossdresser. There's a crossdresser in that film? Plot point in <laughs> the film? Every time I'd watch it, there'd be either a guy or, or, or there'd right. be a girl. There'd, there was no reveal for me. Okay. So only, it was only like, and then I heard about it. It's like, oh, now I'm going to pay attention. <laughs> and that's how I saw the scene. Uh, well, unfortunately for me, my wife didn't know anything. But unfortunately for me, I had read a blurb somewhere that, by accident, I didn't want to know because I never ever do. And I had read something somewhere that you know, about that twist in the plot, and I was like, ah, crap. So I unfortunately, I got to... To read about it first, so I was not, I was aware, so it was not a big surprise. And I think it's the first time that there was like a penis on screen uh, for a while, because there was a lot of commotion about the penis. Probably, uh, I'd have to do some back checking to yeah. find out for sure. But as far as me seeing I, I'd on have to film, do, I'd have I, to I agree. I I had myself hadn't seen, you know, seen it on film until that film. It was a long time. That would that would involve some lengthy penis research. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. I like where you're going. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm not there yet. <laughs> but then, uh, I mean, a lot of the brouhaha over that, and that's right, I said brouhaha. Mm. A lot of the brouhaha over yes. that film was the penis. Yes. And, and I think what happened was too, like a lot of guys who went to see the film. I don't think a lot of people realized it was like the people that went to see um, Brotherhood of the Wolf and didn't realize it was it subtitled. Was French. <laughs> yeah. And with subtitles. I think there were a lot of people because the trailer didn't give any information about that at all the crying game when it was first came out no it didn't you know no you will like, see you will see cock in this film that it was not in the trailer no, it was a total secret and that's why they their, their whole tagline the reason why it did so well for so long is you know don't reveal the secret of the crying game right you know when you talk to people about it just tell them to go see it and do not reveal the secret of which the crying game. which became less of like a a, a um Word, word of mouth campaign as it was a practical joke to your other buddies. <laughs> no, trust me, you're going to love the twist. <laughs> Don't tell him how it happens. Just just make sure he gets there with his girlfriend. <laughs> Same concept, but way different film. It's like you recommending Miracle Mile to Chris. Yeah. He calls you up like, dude, what? One o'clock in the morning, I get the call. You bastard. <laughs> Because you had the same reaction I did. I watched the movie, then the credits rolled, and then I'm in a, in a dark room watching a blank screen for half an position. hour. It's like, yeah, the end of the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a diamond. <laughs> Holy. Uh, Never has Armageddon felt so close. Yeah, right? That was a great film. Oh, I love that movie. I made my wife watch it. She didn't care for it. So I think Crying Game was a big... Because uh, honestly, there's been a lot... There's been other films since then that have, that have had uh, right. penises in them. Yes. And they have not gotten that kind of attention about the penis. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, and there's, there's a penis in there. But Crying Game was, there's a penis! Well, because they, most people if they really just did it, believe Jay Davidson was uh, was a girl. Right. You know, I mean, and then it was 
got to the point where it's like, um, I, you know, a lot of people kind of questioned their you own know, sexuality. Actually, the, it's like, the, you know, I thought she so, was really hot. <laughs> I'm Well, that's like, I remember talking about uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Right. Like, as a young guy watching it, there, there's that part where, yeah, it's a cool movie, and every now and then you forget, to go, wow, uh, you know, um, what's the lead actor's name? Oh, uh. I'm Tim Curry. Thank you. I just drew a blank. No, it's okay. You're watching the film, and then Tim Curry's like, yeah, this is a great film. Enjoy it. Yeah, Tim Curry looks good at the evening gown. That's a guy! <laughs> <laughs> There's so much transvesticism in that movie that, like, every while I was like, probably oh, he really fills that out well. No! <laughs> must watch. Must, must watch Porky's. <laughs> um, the funny thing, the funniest thing about Crying Game is I do remember, uh-huh. too. Of the scenes I saw, half of them were like them at the bar. There's a bar in the movie a lot. Yes, and I actually saw the one line where the bartender says, you know, like something about, you know, you can't treat a woman like that. And he looks at him and goes, she's not a woman. And he's like, yeah, but I... And I'm thinking, oh, that's metaphorical. Right. like, no! <laughs> I, I, was out of, I, was, I was as clueless as the bartender in that scene, <laughs> and I didn't get it. So I looked after I saw the whole film. I was like, "Oh, he wasn't lying. <laughs> he was. He, he wasn't, wasn't saying she's like a devil. Stay away from this woman. Yeah, she's not a woman. He's no, saying, she's not a woman. Yeah. You know, to this day, I still have not watched the film from beginning to end. Oh, really? Well, because again, projecting it's actually it, a pretty good film. There are films where I saw bits of it as a projectionist where I right. know the story so much, I have no desire to watch it through. Uh, okay. The the, uh, the firm, for example, <laughs> that's a whole story in its own. And, uh-huh. and and no penis in it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that story. Why they call it the firm then? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then the, and the next one was the Pelican Briefs. What's going on here? <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one. Now, I would like to uh, move around a bit and go with two movies. Want to shift it around a bit? Just move it around just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just shift it. Is Viggo Mortensen two movies that he showed his penis in? I I've seen one of these. You've only seen one. Right. Okay. Now, he didn't show it in The Road. You just saw just the backside of him. No, I haven't seen The Road yet, so don't... No, 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 I'm not. Don't ruin any penis shots It's a whole, you know... I've read the book. I know how it ends. (laughs) No, no. It's... He's naked in a lake, and you just see his his butt, so... Okay. But... Oh, good. What? But the two films that he showed his penis in, one... Hidalgo. No. Okay. No, no, no. (laughs) And boy, was the horse upset. <laughs> uh, it was Eastern Promises, yeah. which came out not that long ago. David Cronenberg. That's right. It was the the Turkish bath scene. Yeah. Which was awesome. And, you know, it, damn, does Cronenberg not know how to make a film? I mean, yeah. he, is, he is... Lately, every, I mean, I have, in my opinion, I've loved everything that Cronenberg has done, you know, to an extent. Some things have its issues, but for the most part, it is a, they're very good films. The only film that I didn't like, which was Spider, I just didn't really. I still haven't seen that one. I really just didn't like that. It wasn't terrible. It it was. I just didn't. My personal taste. I just. It's the only film Cronenberg has done where I just didn't care for it. But Eastern Promises, great film, Turkish bath scene, awesome scene, and you get Vigo. Totally naked. And a lot, there's a lot. You see, yeah, you, you even see his taint. It's like it's really that bad. <laughs> just you know, about. But you know, but it works. It does. That's work. the thing. I, I, it was like, oh, it's like, all right. I'm a little annoyed that I have to see this guy's testicles, but in the scene, it's perfect. You know? Yes. I mean, the funny. I mean, obviously, it's in a 
Turkish baths. So. Yeah. The funny thing with Cronenberg is that uh, I was talking to uh, Robert Schneck, the author of, mm-hmm. of The President's Vampire. Yeah. We were talking about Cronenberg. I forget how we got on the subject. But uh, what I what I got around to was that there are certain directors that like horror films and cult films. Right. When you go back and you say, oh, yeah, in this film, this means this and that. And you go to current day and you say, no, it didn't. It's just a happy coincidence. He was a hack. He was just making a film. Right. Like anything Wes Craven did, for example. Oh, and any metaphors yeah. that he didn't mean to do sucked. Yes. But when you go back to like The Brood and you talk about, yeah, everybody's acting seems kind of flat. The only person that seems kind of live is the lead actress who's insane. And it kind right. of says something about you know sanity versus uh, emotional. And for any other director, I'd say... Yeah, was that really intentional, or was it just like a bunch of bad acting? But then with a Cronenberg film, I give him full benefit of the doubt that he told him, tone it down. Okay, like, no, like, I agree. So I, was sure. like, I think Cronenberg is such a good filmmaker that any, every, everything's intentional, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So when, when, so when he has a nude scene in a film, it's intentional, there's a reason for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other film that Vigo was naked in, was Sean Penn's, I believe that was Sean Penn's directorial debut, it was called The Indian Runner. And I didn't, personally, I haven't seen this film the entire way through, but I've at the very least seen this penis scene, which is a uh, full, frontal, almost Christ-like pose of Vigo, completely naked. Mm-hmm. Almost like the next film... I'll bring up, which, which is be, yeah. Harvey Keitel and Bad Lieutenant, right? <laughs> where very Christ-like, full frontal, completely. Because when, when you say Christ-like pose and penis, I think Harvey Keitel because of Bad, the Bad Lieutenant. Lieutenant. Yes. So, which I still have not gotten around to seeing that the 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 second one with the, Nicolas Cage, the, the not sequel, sequel, which isn't actually a sequel by Herner uh, Wersog, yeah. <laughs> the guy that did that bear movie. <laughs> Wersog's not bad. No, he's not. He's, actually, I really like the other film he did uh, called Rescue Dawn. With Christian Bale, uh-huh. I don't know if you've seen that. I know which is a true story about a German uh, uh, soldier who ends up getting crashed and surviving in the jungle. He's taken prisoner. See, when when me when you say uh, true story and soldier, I usually skip those. Really, I'm not in the war, I'm not it's not in the war films. It's just right. me, it's personal. Thing. Um, this but, was mostly in a prison camp. That's where you takes place. Right. There's really no. War, so to but, speak. I mean, it's, it's just mostly that, just really great dialogue, really great acting in a prison camp. Well, you know, you get people say, "Oh, I don't watch horror films." I'm like that with war films. Nine times out of ten, I just I'm not interested. I'm I, not saying it's bad or no, no, no. no. I, I know the where reason I never saw it is because if I'm if I'm flipping, if I was like flipping through channels, right. and I came across something that has like a war theme to it, yeah. I'm gonna move on. Yeah, no, it was a very good film. Yeah. So I do recommend it. So. Oh, if you recommend it, yes. So I will watch it. So that was one uh, with Vigo. Indian Runner. We moved to I hear there was Bad a, Lieutenant. Wait, I, I heard there was a, wasn't there a deleted scene in um, in the Lord of the Rings where like Frodo tripped and reached to grab for support. No. No. Okay. No. Okay. No. Why? Gondor. No. Gondor has no pants. Gondor needs no pants. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> then he hits Sean Bean with it three times in the chest. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyway, moving on, we'll do the other... He didn't kill him, but he wished he was dead. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, (laughs) We'll we'll do the other Harvey Keitel film, which is The Piano. Which which, I've I've never seen... You've never seen it? To begin... I've seen parts of it. Okay. Uh, Again, another... It's a very good film. I've seen parts in it, but not his part. Ah. So to speak. It looks just like it did in Bad Lieutenant. 
Nothing right. changed. Really, you've compared the two? Completely. I spent hours, hours dissecting. Hours. It's called research, sir. <laughs> I think those two movies are really only about two, three years apart anyway. Don't come in here. So, <laughs> um, so anything you want to add to that well, as far as... Because we've done the Vigo. He's done two. Uh, Harvey Keitel has done a couple. That's all I have right. uh, as far as... No, I'm wrong. Well, now you know the piano is. I'm was... wrong. There is one more actor that I have that has done two films where they've shown their penis, and that's Ewan McGregor. Now, in Train Spotting, it was you have to see the unrated version to see this, though. Uh huh. Okay, and that's the silhouette shot of him pulling the condom off of his penis, which is almost practically erect as well. He goes gets the girl has sex with him. Right. Which is also, that scene is cut down, but in the unrated, it's a little longer. And the reason why they cut it down was they said it sounded too real. So they cut that scene a little short. Plus, the scene in the hallway was cut a little bit short. But there's the scene where he's taking the condom off of his penis, and it's practically a 100% silhouetted shot, but you still see Ewan McGregor penis in the scene. Right. Phenomenal movie. One of my favorites. You know... You know... That's one of those films, where, and by the way, the piano, if, I don't know if you know this, the original draft of that, she played a xylophone. <laughs> it was a, Zy- a Zydeco uh, soundtrack. And oh, it, it was? Yeah. It, oh, okay. They didn't... Uh, no, er, I didn't know that. Early drafts, they had to change it. They did change they it? Because so she never wooden fingers, and it just, it just didn't work. It's just uh, no good? Yeah. Okay. And, and Harvey Keitel wasn't convinced. I want you to teach me to play the xylophone. <laughs> um, Train Spotting is one of those films that everybody saw before I did. And the hype was, you know, and you know, the the, the tattooed wannabe freak that I worked with is like, oh, you gotta see, you gotta see this. Like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like, all right, all, all, anybody with a tattoo like this film, and everybody, you know, uh, I no, saw, no, I, no, I know I'm not knocking go- the film. No, 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 I know where you're so, going. So, so everybody I hypes saw it, it up. I, I saw oh, it. this film's great and wonderful. So I finally get around to seeing it, and I was like, no, it's a good film, and the hype killed it for me. I was like, I don't. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I when I saw it, it was. It's like you know, it was before any hype. I saw it in the theater, and I was one of the not one of the first people to see it, but I did see it when it first came out. Uh, uh, Gerard uh, and I, we even took Mikey with us. We all saw it, and we loved it. And when I got the laser disc, it came with it was a Criterion laser disc, uh, maybe not Criterion. I don't. You know what? I think it was. Yes, it was. It was a Criterion, and it came with a sheet of paper. That had definitions for all of the slang that they said in the film. Okay, oh, like Clockwork Orange type thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, not great film. Uh, I know where you're going with the hype. It was very hyped up after I mean, it had come out. You know, you ever have those films where everybody latches onto, and you hear about it so much, you just get sick of it. Like it's like Office Space. Yeah, I mean, I like the Office Space. I love Office, Space. and I was Space. lucky enough to see it before it became like a huge cult hit. But everybody latched onto it, and then. You got to hear it nonstop, and it always comes up in conversation. And it gets to the point where, yeah, it was good, but was it? Is, what, why was it so good that everyone talks about it? It's almost like there's a people that only see, really see five or six films a year. Yeah, and that was one of them. And then they had to see it because everybody else did. And Train Spotting was kind of that tone where it was an underground cult. It was a cult hit. And everybody saw right, it. Right. Everybody's talking about it, and it comes up at least once a week. And and some guy's got to do the Sean Connery. Uh, voice that the right, guy does right. every time, Mishpari, which Marnard. that never gets old, even when Sean Connery does it, and that's 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 my problem with the film. It's just I saw it at the wrong time, and the popularity of it kind of ruined it for me. I can get I that's understand. all, I understand. but no, good film. I love Ewan McGregor. 
Oh, he's great. You know, what I love. You know, what I love his that 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 romantic comedy he did that failed. Well, Cameron Diaz, the one that was like where a, he tries to kidnap her. That was like a. Re, it was a kind of like a remake of that John Travolta film. Yeah, with yeah, a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talk about that was the one with what's her face, uh, Olivia Newton John. Olivia Newton John. Right. Talk about what was the name of that one? I don't even remember. That was um, oh, I'm gonna find out right now. But that was oh, what was that? That was called. Uh, um, why do I want to? Why do? Um, why am I thinking three to tango? That's not it. It, it, it was uh, <laughs> speaking of. Ben, I think I had the word three in it or love or not uh, three. No, like, I think you're on like all those. The, the love something or. Something like that. But, I, I just. What are the? I mean, what are the odds of when you're going to remake a movie and you remake, you, you remake? No, a, I know a and, film and, that no one saw in the first place. Right, exactly. But uh, it's just why wow, it's just I'm, it's on the tip of my tongue. Two of a kind. That's it. Why did I three to tango? Two of a kind. But the same that, story. That's why, that's why I thought but the same that. story. Okay. Angels trying to get these two characters together yeah. and. <laughs> But but I, I love that film just because Ewan McGregor's in it and feel sorry for him. Mm-hmm. It's it was after he did because he's um, a very bad kidnapper. It was it was after he did that that uh, cult that that horror film not horror film that thriller. Shallow Grave Shallow Grave yeah. excellent movie that was another he was great in that and you know what uh, the, the and he was the asshole in that too kind of yeah like, he, he was. wasn't even and the, the hero. one actor that went crazy in there yeah uh, I like I like him a lot. And I don't remember his name, but he resurged. He came back in the first season of Heroes as the one guy that taught um, the... God, I can't remember his name. His last name is Familia. Um, he's the one that could, if he touches you, he can take your powers. Oh, Silas. Siler. No. No? That was... Um, that's the other guy. That's the other guy. The one that battled him in the in the first season in the flashback. Oh, right, right. The okay. brother. The little brother. Oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Him. Gotcha. His name is Vincent Familia, I believe. Well, anyway, uh, he played the guy that... Oh, in the ta- trench coat. Right. He played the guy that taught him how to use his powers. That, I didn't recognize it. him. Right. And wow. he's also in G.I. Joe. Which is an, up, an upcoming challenge I haven't watched yet. Right, so. right. He's in G.I. Joe. He kind of res- resurging again, and I like him as an actor I didn't realize much. that was the same guy. Yep. Two, that's great. Yep. No, but so. it, that two of a kind, though. I mean, <laughs> let's remake it, but we'll put two other people in. Like, yeah, this didn't do well the first time. I, but for right. some reason, I still love the part where they, they fire Ian McGregor because he's a janitor because they got a robot to do it. Oh, He's like, oh, you're going to replace me? And he picks up the robot and throws it at the window, and it bounces off the window, stands up, and keeps on cleaning. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, what and I and I, real quick sidetrack. Just yeah. so you know, I finally got around to seeing uh, the Men Who Stare at Goats. Oh, you did! Excellent. I haven't gotten around to see it. Yet. Excellent. As good as the book. Really close to the book, and it's in, in the beginning. It has the thing comes comes up, and it says, uh, "This movie is more true than you know." Eighty mm-hmm. percent of that film is factual. Wow. Just so when you watch it, like they're not making anything up. The storyline's made up, but all the facts in it are pretty much dead on. Oh, wow. Yeah. I really have to see it then. They really did stare at goats, <laughs> uh, but we got we we got off of penises on the goats, mm-hmm. which is dangerous territory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a goat. There was. So we're gonna go back to penises. Let's do it. Because I'm having so much fun with this now. <laughs> uh, so so you you threw a couple out there. I did. Um, I know there's. I have a couple here that I know are on your list. So why don't you? I'm gonna mention them just to get them off of your list. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey Rush and Quills. Yes. Excellent film. Excellent film. Love that movie. Very great film. Uh, you want to talk about a really good period piece? Very, very good. And film. that was um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, right? That was Joaquin Phoenix, who's excellent in as well. Yeah. I mean, t- talk about like just... Jeffrey Rush plays the Marquis de Sade. Oh, 
I can't. And it takes place while he's in prison. Well, mental, mental or mental it's asylum, okay. asylum, mental asylum. Yes, insane asylum. Yeah, I mean it's just excellent. I can't even. We don't talk about good films that much here, but yeah, that, that's Jeffrey the one. Rush is just at another level in that film. You know, he's kind of straight away from that lately with things like Pirates of the Caribbean. But he's still good in those. Yeah. He, you know, it's still Jeffrey Rush. But, this but as is, far as where he's getting nominated every year and the, and the Academy really this takes notice. This is where notice. his classical training as exactly. an actor comes into play. Exactly. This is This is why he's a, he's a great actor. Exactly. It's films like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And But you, you see him. You see him. He, 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 he dangles it. Yeah, he does. And, and then, uh, and then my other one I have of yours was a very unfortunate uh, Robin Williams and the Fisher King. Yeah, where he's getting naked in the park. Yeah, just strips down and he jumps around and he's actually flapping. He's like, oh, and now it's from a distance. It is from a distance, but it still counts. It's yeah, it's, it's not as blatant as um, forgetting Sarah Marshall. No, but it, it no. but it is as disturbing, if not more so. Yes, it is very much so. Yeah. And and now the, I mean. Now he did the same thing in, in um, Old Dogs, but they they cut that out. I think it's in the director's cut. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, the funny thing you mentioned Har- Harvey Keitel's been in the most films with, with a full frontal. Yeah. I, I remember he, he had like Bad Lieutenant came out, and all, like, like two. Well, and I, Piano I, came I, out. I think uh, Jerry Butler has been in more films with full frontal. But what I'm saying is, I remember I worked at the other movie theater, the yeah. Ramsey Theater, and like Harvey Keitel's doing all these penis shots, and then we got the, the movie in Finders Keepers. Which is about oh. a monkey, pickpocket monkey, and Harvey Keitel is playing the gypsy. We're like, no, <laughs> no. I I know it's a Disney film, but are we sure there's not a scene where it's like, come here, monkey? <laughs> I'm very bad. I'm very bad. Go pickpocket monkey. Like, oh, I'm no. sorry, Harvey. Say it as a soul. <laughs> I've done a lot of bad things. Uh, but I think that's where uh, I think it's it for the overlaps on my list with you. Anything else you got there we didn't touch on? Uh, well, I mean, Alan Bates and Oliver Reed and Woman in Love, right? But if you really want to hear about that, we do. A, that's our one of our uh, movie challenges to each other. Right. Well, that was yours to me. That was mine to you. Yeah, and I challenged you to look her. So you got uh, half naked women through a good portion of the film, and I got two guys wrestling naked. I got the raw end of that deal. I got the shaft on that. I. You know what? <laughs> I think you definitely, but as far as a film being worse, I think I. Oh no, I had the quality film. Yeah, by his head, but more again, Mancock. What else you got? Well, I have Vincent Gallo in the Brown Bunny. Now, That's right. I haven't seen that yet. Now I keep putting that up. It's you know why? Because it's legitimate. So it, I don't know. You you explain it in case people don't know right, what it is. It's, they it's, probably don't. It, <laughs> I saw it and I still don't know what it is. It's just the the plot. No one did. <laughs> the plot of that film just kind of goes in all kinds of different directions. Vincent Gallo is kind of a weird guy, and he meets Chloe Sevigny's character, and then you know there's this like kind of love, uh, you know, thing going on between the two of them, and then somehow, some way, he talks Chloe Sevigny into giving him a blowjob and swallowing on camera. You don't see. Now that's the part of the film I don't believe. <laughs> that's never happened. You, you don't. You don't see. You know any kind of a. Sh- you know. Uh, you know money shot or anything like that. You just know that she's blowing him, and you know. Believe me, you know because I don't know if she had a few drinks to be able to get the courage to do this on film, but you know that she's doing the dirtiness. She's uh-huh. doing the deed. Uh-huh. You know, and he just pulls it out. And she just starts going to town. She, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know how he was able to get her to do it, 
but she's a very respected actress. And as much as I don't like that TV show she's in, Big Love, I just think it's a boring show. She's supposedly very good in it, and it's supposedly a very good show. From all the episodes that I've seen, because I did see a bunch, I just don't care. I, th- I think if you're into that kind of one-hour HBO type show, people love that stuff. I, I'm not. I, I just, I, I just thought it was boring. But she's a very respected actress, and it's just one of those things where this really, really could have destroyed her career. And she was kind of out of the loop as far as Hollywood goes for a couple of years because of this film. Uh-huh. But she's back, and it's almost like no one even knows about it. I remember at the time the big deal was. Uh, yeah, it's it's actually of a legitimate film and legitimate actors performing on screen sex. It was supposed to like open the doors to well, the whole billboard that Vincent Gallo paid for in L.A. was there for a while, and it kind of it wore its uh, X rating uh-huh. that it got with you know with Pride, right? And it's kind of what sold the film a little bit because well, that was the big thing again. It was supposed know. to open the doors. It's supposed to be a big groundbreaking film, and it wasn't. And right, I never got around to seeing it because I mean, for me. The fact that it was legitimate sex on screen kind of mm. ruined it for me. It's like, well, I don't want to see it now. Oh, well. If I want to see a guy get a blowjob, there's there's a section of the video store with the uh, cu- with, with the Western, Western swinging Western. doors, <laughs> and that's where all the good stuff. Well, actually, now you kids don't even know what the hell that is. It's yeah, now now yeah. it's just oh, I know now, a website. Do if there's video stores anymore? Do they even do have that section no, anymore? No, because all there is is Cockbuster and uh, leftover sleazy videos, and which they Hollywood have Hollywood Video, which yeah, they're on the way out, but. Local mom and pop stores that still are around, think they got them. You know what it is Redbox is, is video store now. That's what Redbox. Pretty much, it. and That's it's it. doing extremely well. And you know what? I, the, I, did you hear about that though? Oh, it's what, kicking their asses. But no, did you hear about the new lawsuit with that? That I believe Warner Brothers won, and no. it hasn't gone into effect yet. What? The fact that all Warner Brothers titles for Redbox, Redbox is not allowed to hold those titles for at least one month. It is the exact same thing that happened to pay-per-view. Because this is another thing you kids out there don't know anything about. You pay- you, you stupid kids. <laughs> I didn't say that. Scott did. That's right, did. Uh, back in the day, and by I mean the day, I mean the 80s, uh, pay-per-view, when movies came out on video, they also, the very same day, came out on pay-per-view as well. So you had two options. You could drive to your video store, go rent it, Maybe it won't even be in. You have to do layaway, reserve your title, however, you know, now, but you, also the, this... the video store did. Hold on. And you could do that. If they had it, you went home, you watched it. Or you can pay the same exact price. At the time, I believe a video rental was around 3 or $4 in the 80s. Uh, $2.99, something like that. And you could pay a, the exact same price for pay-per-view and rent it at home the same day you got it. Now, to be fair... This, this cable was not 100% relevant. It wasn't as yes, wide. Yes, it was. We're talking mid-80s here. We're talking mid to late 80s. But not, so cable... Not as much in, as now, though. No, come on. No, no, no. Not no, as no. much as now, though. Now, HBO was around. Showtime was around. They were around. Cinemax, the but movie it was channel. Still... All these channels were still around in the mid to late 80s when pay-per-view surged. Right. Now, the thing about it was the movie industry... Or the video rental industry, like places like Blockbuster, Mom and Pops, they didn't have much power, but they were in agreement with it because they were losing business to pay-per-view. A lot of business to pay-per-view. So basically the way it worked was they won a major lawsuit that said pay-per-view cannot start renting the film to people at home for an entire month. 
Right. And this is the exact same thing that's happening with Redbox because more people are just going to their local uh, you know, grocery store to buy their groceries and on the way out, they rent their movie. They're not. Why, why do I have to go to Blockbuster when I have this right here? It has every new release okay. available. I got news for them. One month ain't going to say Blockbuster. They're on the way out. No, no, no. I, no. With Net- Netflix. Netflix is kicking their ass. Yeah. Well, that's why Blockbuster started their own type of Netflix, which is their Blockbuster. Even even with that, they're kicking their ass. No, Netflix is kind of like the holy grail of video rental on the internet. Yeah, it's awesome. They were they were like they were they were singing Doom for Netflix a while ago, but they were full of shit. Nah. And and no now way. if you get a Blu-ray player now, you you can get Netflix and Blockbuster streaming. Depending on the Blu-ray player. Yeah, you know, some of them, some of the yeah, high-end ones. Like but the one I have doesn't have; it just has Netflix. No, mine and, either, and I'm fine with that. No, I think mine does has Black. Black what I have actually mine is, has Blockbuster as well. Does it? Yeah. Mine has Netflix and Amazon on demand, which... See, I, I don't have the Amazon. Okay. I don't use, not Amazon, use Amazon, so I'll never use it, yeah. but I use a Netflix. I have it activated and ready to go. I also have it on my Xbox. So, right. you know, it, it's just... I, I think it's a bunch of shit what Warner Brothers is doing, and I think a lot of other companies are going to follow suit. So when you go to your Redbox at your local grocery store... You'll be able to get new titles, but they'll be out for a month already. Dude, have you ever looked at the Redbox? Half of those titles aren't that new anyway. True, but it keeps them from getting the newest titles. I you, you know, know I don't think people that go to Redbox care about what's out now. They just want something they haven't seen. Very very true. Just, but I, but just I, and you know what? Blockbuster this is their only shtick is ooh, we have thirty copies of the film that came out last week. That's not cutting it anymore. No, I know. It, it's so fucking... And we're getting off the subject of penises. But we, <laughs> we aren't because cause, cause Blockbuster, they are huge cocks. <laughs> uh, and the fact that they, that they have, with DVDs now, you can keep a vast, more a, a larger number of titles than you could with videotapes. Yeah. And they refuse to carry any... This, this, I stopped going years ago because they wouldn't keep any back issue. Back. Yeah, and you're the one that got me on Netflix. I mean, you and had the, Netflix. I think I joined a few months later. I was like... When, when we, I was... My, I was the first wave. I stopped going to Blockbuster when I went one night. I forget the film it was. Right. I forget the movie, but there was a sequel out, and I wanted to see the original, and they didn't have it in stock, and they had nothing in stock for old films. It's no, usually, it's no usually, backlog It's whatsoever. usually like that, or if they do have it, it's the edited-down version, because they did that a, a lot of that shit, too. Yeah, yeah, the appeal to the family. So they had no back selection, and everything was just you know 30 copies of the last film that came out, and that's right. it. So that, that was why I switched to Netflix, yeah. But, I mean, but... I didn't forget how we got on this topic. Uh, it was, it was we're talking about rap brown bunny, brown bunny. Oh, video stores, porn in the video stores. Yeah, right, right, right. Swinging, wow, swinging doors. Back to reality. <laughs> it's come full circle now. Mom and pop. Yeah, that's why I never got around to seeing brown bunny because it's like, well, if I want to see you know a- actual fellatio, there's there's a whole you know the internet now. There's... You kids with your roller skates and your uh, cl- cloudy with a chance for meatballs, you don't know what the hell. You know, <laughs> well, I, I think it's the fascination of seeing. Seeing a mainstream film, but it, it didn't click. No one cared. No, I no, I definitely get. There was that. a brief controversy. No one cared. So exactly. Yeah, but I haven't seen that so, yet either. What else you got? Well, and else uh, left on your list? I another film that I have is Kevin Bacon and Wild Things, which is a very brief shower scene, but you do see full frontal with him. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Don't bother. It, it was. Right. It was. I think I saw the opening ten minutes it, of it. It was. Isn't Bill you know, Murray in that? Like a bit role. I don't remember. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm I saw it a long time ago. I don't think so. I'm thinking of a different film then. Okay. Probably. It, it uh, has one of the... Um, never mind. Okay. No, never mind. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, it's uh, Kevin Bacon, shower scene, very brief. But then the whole thing about that film was the lesbian scene in the pool and the threesome and hey. you know all of that going on. But um, 
because Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon played the cop trying to catch them. Right. You know, so, but not a very good movie, but makes the list. Probably why I never heard of it. I, I briefly heard of it. I don't even, I'm confused with something else, so. Uh, yeah. Came, came and went? Kevin, Kevin Bacon was in it. Back when he was doing everything? He's still doing everything. Well, phase one of doing everything. There was, yeah. <laughs> there was phase one. There was phase, he went three phases of doing everything. Uh-huh. He's in his third phase now of doing everything. Yeah, and that was partly Madoff's fault, I believe. <laughs> yeah. He's in his yeah. third phase. Now, now he's just doing whatever he can find. Because yeah. <laughs> um, Madoff did him. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But it had uh, Matt Dillon is in it as well. You know, That's you what I'm thinking of. Bill Murray had a bit part as a lawyer. Really? As a lawyer, yeah. Okay. It's like really small. Yeah, Dillon's in it. Yeah, I know the film okay. now. So I then know what you're talking about. Fine, I... For whatever reason, I don't remember that. Okay. Uh, I, 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 and honestly, that was kind of like Matt Dillon's resurgence in the film, too. You know, he right. kind of just started coming back again. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Albino Alligator, he did that. Right. You know, you know what'll happen? about Mary. Two episodes from now, you'll, you'll have your list of mistakes. Like, Scott, it wasn't Bill Murray, it was this guy. But I'm <laughs> almost positive Bill Murray plays like a, like a teacher friend okay. of his or somebody. Like, but like one I'll take minute, your word for it. One no. minute of screen time, I think. But anyway. But anyway. Billy, uh, Bill Murray, who never showed his penis on screen, thankfully. <laughs> uh Almost. Almost? Speaking of almost, on my list, Edward James almost in Wolfen, full frontal. Oh. <laughs> that hairy son of a bitch running naked around the, the beach. <laughs> yes. I uh, still haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, we're, we're doing something with that one. We so. sure. Why not? Uh, then you got Bruce Willis in Color of Night. Never saw that one. Really? Not a very good I, I avoided that, and I avoided the one where he played like the, the boat. Boat cop. Oh, striking distance. Striking distance. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was the. Let me avoid Bruce Willis part. Where I was like, Yeah, I'm done. That with was kind of like he was starting to get his career back together, and he was taking. See, he. Well, it's funny. He if would, you want to talk about Phase One, Phase Two, you got Phase One of Bruce Willis's career where it was really hot. He was doing lots of good smirky, stuff. Smirky, but it was the smirk. Bruce Willis was doing like the smirky eating smile. Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, then you had that phase of Bruce Willis, and then he kind of died down a bit, and then. You know, you got the Die Hard Bruce Willis, which was Phase One. Right. Then it died down a bit, and then Die Hard was like Phase Two, though. Mm-mm. He went from comedy to action. Uh, well, <clears throat> come on. Between uh, he was Blind te- Date, you know, Moon Moonlighting. Yeah, that's the comedy section. Then he went into the action star. Yeah, but he wasn't with Die Hard, a, like a real big actor at that point. No, no, but that was his career, though. He was still a big Moonlighting was a big part of his career in the beginning. Of course, to be fair. No, that was exactly. Phase One of his career. Phase no, I, Two was the action I, I thing. I get that. Yeah. No, I'm I'm talking about phases where he was popular. Then he kind of came out of the scene ah, a bit. Okay. I'm talking about that. Right. Mid-80s, Bruce Willis, you know, Moonlighting, uh, Blind Date, Die Hard. You know, those were all, it's like Bruce Willis, big name, makes movie makes money. Then he kind of died away a bit. Uh-huh. And then... So around the Hudson Hawk time period there? Yes. Or, or, or we were just yes. talking recently with, with uh, Bujna, and he, he said... Uh, he, he said, if you don't like my films, don't see them. Yes. And then Striking Distance yeah. came out. Hudson People Hulk said, was uh, 1990, I believe. And uh, Striking Distance come out after that? Well, here's the thing. Because then he said, okay. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. That happened, and then Tarantino kind of totally resurged his career with Pulp Fiction in 94. Then he started to get more and more roles. I mean... Did he do 13 Monkeys before or after Pulp Fiction? It was right after. It was the next year, ninety five. All right, yeah, because that's roughly the time period where he where he be, he became the the brooding, serious actor. Yes, which is a complete opposite of his goofy, smartass comedy yep. origins, which yep. is very. And then you know he started to fall off the face of the earth again a little bit, and then he did films like Striking Distance and things like that. And then his career actually resurged again. Armageddon. 
Right. Yeah. You know, it kind of researched again at that point. And now, and now Ken Smith is determined to kill his career again <laughs> with Cop Out. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. That's no. how I feel no. about that film. <laughs> that that just my my, my you know the and Color of Night was in that yeah you know that time period the, the, just a terrible the movie. smarty smart Alec uh, movie review title for mine would be Hell No. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he almost showed his penis in uh, Pulp Fiction. Is that seems like holding the towel in front of him? Yeah, where he's, he's getting like, out of the shower. Yeah, I was like, yeah, almost there. Yep, not quite on the list. Well, uh, that's uh, that's the I think that's the end of my legitimate penis list. Legitimate. I have some honorable mentions well, after that. The only other movie, the last film that I have is Robert Corbo in Last Rites, which was the only movie he's ever done. Last Rites was with Tom Berenger and Daphne Zuniga, and Tom Berenger plays a priest. The oh, whole, never saw the it. whole opening of the film is her husband, um, Robert Corbo, being murdered. Okay, and. They're trying to kill her too. They're try- there's a contract on them. So the thing is, the whole scene opens with him having sex with her, a very explicit sex scene, to someone coming in with a silencer, killing him. And by the way, the silencer that was on the gun didn't silence the shot. It's actually like a Har- dirty Harry shot with oh. a silencer. It's like a huge movie mistake. <laughs> anyway, uh, he walks towards the camera, completely full frontal, dangling away. Oh. And then he gets killed, and that was like another early memory of seeing uh, that in film. <laughs> but that's it. That's for my list. I'm done. All right. Well, uh, I, I my list is done too. That's that's the extent of my my uh, first hand experience with penises. Uh, I've got some honorable mentions. I got the film Street Trash. Ah, because you know it's football and yeah. There's a severed penis football, which yep. is a big hit in the film. It's it's not a real person's penis, but. There is a lot of penis play in that scene. Yes, there is. They're throwing uh, it around, and it's probably the closest you'll get to having junkyard. A, and it's probably the closest you'll get to a legitimate or, or a, a non-band film having a a, a male penis, penis and a school bus full of children in the same scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's honorable mention for that. Okay. Uh, meet the Feebles because you see a puppet penis in that. Yeah, you certainly. At can. least one. Yeah, certainly. I forget can. if there's two, but there's at least one puppet penis. Uh, there's at least two puppet penises. That's right. The fox say and, that three times fast. Uh, puppet penises. Yeah, <laughs> I, I say it a lot. <laughs> uh, they've got raging bull because oh, the, in the original draft they wanted to show him pouring ice water or immersing his penis in a glass of ice water. And you know what? And he probably wouldn't have they, been too opposed to filming that scene because of the fact that De Niro wouldn't have been opposed to filming it. But I think the studios were opposed to them filming it. Well, was well like, the reason why I'm saying De Niro probably wouldn't have been opposed to actually doing it on film is because he did show his penis in the Deer Hunter. Very, very brief, but he does show it you know, in I, The Deer Hunter because he basically they're all getting drunk in the middle of the streets. So how come that's not on your list? Because I just remembered it now. <laughs> I, I, I've seen The Deer Hunter. I don't remember that scene. So Yeah, they're all drunk in the streets w- right before they get shipped out, and he just starts peeing in the middle of the street. Let me pencil that in, The Deer Hunter. <laughs> all right. And it just, you know, we always trail off, and we always know how yeah. to interject and things like that, so... Uh, yeah, it just reminded me of it by yeah. you saying that. Yes, yeah, so that, that, uh, so Raging Bull's honorable mention for not having it. I guess the Deer Hunter's an honorable mention because I forgot it. <laughs> um, Boogie Nights gets honorable, honorable mention. For pros- best prosthetic? For best prosthetic penis. <laughs> or for just feeling the need to show it. And like the big reveal at the end. And that was actually just mentioned the other day. I won't... I, I, never mind. <laughs> I'm sure it was embarrassing. Uh, and I like the fact... I, it gets honorable mention because he kept getting asked to interviews if that was really his. 
Of course not. And if it was him, I would have said, yes, obviously. Well, part of that, I mean, obviously it was prosthetically done. It was, you know, added. I'm sure part of that was actually attached to his I, penis. I, I'm not getting, I don't, I don't think it's how it works, but. I think so. And then uh, Sideways. You want it to look real. The film Sideways. Oh, God. <laughs> Where he's, uh, Paul Giamatti's sneaking back into the house to get his wallet and back. Who, and who runs out naked, like down the street after him? I don't remember his name. MC but... Ganey. I think it's Ganey. <laughs> yeah. Who also it was the bearded man in Lost. <laughs> when you watch Lost, that reruns like, I've seen his penis bouncing back and forth down the road. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. There's a scene burned into my head. <laughs> and and finally, um, uh, in the middle of the list, it was uh, anything with Tony Danza in it. J- just because he's a dick. Okay. That's, that's pretty much it. What? You really were stretching for that joke, huh? Yeah, I couldn't think of a film with him, and that's how bad it was. <laughs> I just don't like Tony Danza. What? Uh, you don't like the Danza? No. You, you know why? You know why I hate him the most? Why? Not, not because I've heard he's a dick, but, but because he had a, a, a thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah. How about just prayers? I don't have any <laughs> thoughts going on. Because he actually had a, a Vegas show, yeah. and it was called A Little Song and Danza. I was like, I hate you now. Yeah, that's it. No, I hate you. And it's, it's, it's official. That's it. Official. You're 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 a douche. <laughs> All the way through. Yes. You just went the opposite of the penis show. Right. By calling him a douche. I, I, I think we're going to pass on the vagina show. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> we, we, we would just call it the vagina monologues and put it on the site and see how many hits we get. <laughs> It'll just be us talking. Oh yeah, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> We've seen it. Uh, so are you done with your honorable mentions? That was it, yeah. I, nothing else. Anything else that I think of later, I'll keep to myself. Okay. But that, that's roughly it. So I think we should end the show. Yeah, that was a, that was. A, I like doing the theme shows every now and then. I, yeah, I think too. I think sometimes the themes may not be as uh, painful as this, and to an extent. I mean, it's uh, no, especially when we choose to do it on our own regard. So, but you know, this is kind of a purging thing because after watching Women in Love, I've had penises on the brain. Just really, yeah. Well, he's again because. I do the research too. So you're looking into, you know, it's the first male frontal moody in a film. Right. And then now I've got to look at Oliver Reed. Every time I see him in anything else, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I've seen Baron his penis. Munchausen. Yeah, Alan Bates. <laughs> We're all very large here. Yeah. <laughs> I go back and watch Tommy. Tommy, can you see it? Yeah, no, I can. <laughs> and Alan Bates, too. These are big actors. So there's a lot of stuff they've been in. Mm-hmm. And now, from whenever, whenever I see them, it says, ah, that penis. <laughs> yeah. So it's it just it, the national natural progression was right. how many others of these have I seen? And mm-hmm. you know, Edward James almost was recent because I saw Wolf. I finally got around the Wolf in a year or two ago. That's I haven't yet. Yeah, no, we're going to work on something with that. So yeah, you'll, you'll, I'm going to make you see. I'm going to make you see it because not only do you get Edward James Almost's penis, Gregory you, Hines, Gregory is Hines' well, right? ass, and um, Albert Finney's what? ass. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh okay. Because I thought I, I thought, I said that. We did see his ass, and you said, no, 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 not his. I, 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 I think I'm going through some kind of um, regret. Re, re, uh, my brain's blocking that part out. Okay. I have to go back and watch that scene again and see if we actually do see his ass. Okay. So at the moment, I'm assuming you do. Okay. You see enough was, fleshy. I thought you did. You I, see, I haven't seen it. You see I enough thought. finny flesh, or even if you don't see his ass, you see enough. Okay. You know, you could actually... There are, I think there are parts of that thing where that could be an ass. <laughs> I don't think it's... It could. It's not an elbow. So, you know, it could be an ass. Okay. Yes. All right. So, I think we should end the show. Cause I'm, so soon? I'm, I'm getting kind of hungry. Getting too long? Yeah. 
I think we're going a little. You, long. you can't maintain it this long. You know, there's only so long you can. Yeah, I mean, yeah. go for an hour, hour and a half, and then tops. you, you got to end it. Tops. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, it's official. We shot our load. The, the show's coming to an end. Yeah. This is the money shot. Yep. Yep. Our wad's done. <laughs> Speaking of which, upcoming uh, future episodes, I will be reading passages from the Jerry Butler biography, Raw Talent. Uh, so, so stay tuned for that. I can't wait. Speaking of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's yeah. end the show. Yeah, so... Uh, um, so visit moviesucktastic.com, podcastalley.com, podcast.com, or iTunes, and you can get our show. You can stream it from the website, or you can download it and just throw it on your MP3 player. That's how you choose to listen. And links to all those sites are from the main website, moviesucktastic.com. If you want to email us, you can email us at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. And if you want to check out my personal writing, you can go to smichaelwilson.com. The new website's finally up. So that's good and going. i got a yeah, couple projects coming out in the near future, which I'll talk about in future episodes. Yeah, so, you know, just definitely uh, you know check out some future podcasts and we'll catch you later yes we will all right one way or the other take it easy bye